for the party. She'll never say sorry. But dancing around, she don't have a worry. They whisper in corners, but she can ignore them. A girl about town who's just too busy saying, Beautiful people. There were sing-alongs after the last. What a day. Didn't Ramwick turn it on yesterday with two Group 1s and just feature races galore, a challenge stakes that went right down to the wire. I'll let Ronnie and Lizzie start. Where do you start, guys? Uh, I don't know where to start, really. I think the day had a bit of everything as far as we got a taste of something. Even the Todman, I thought, I was worried that we're going to come out of there with a four or five legs winner and, you know, Everyone's tipping the same horse in the slipper. I think everyone went home still with anticipation. They're alive, hope in the slipper. The list is getting longer and longer and longer. The Melbourne form stood up, so I suppose, you know, the Blue Diamond winner comes into calculations now. All those horses there, the Todman, a few fillies are putting their hand up. So it, it, it look, it's looking like a great golden slipper. The Galaxy's looking strong. The Rose Hill Guineas is looking strong. Um, so week to week, we're really coming for a well, big championships, really. Yeah, yesterday was sort of like one of the semi-grand finals, wasn't it, before we saw some of these horses going on to their bigger grand finals later on throughout the autumn. For myself, the highlight had to be Savatiano getting that Group 1 on the board. She's been handled absolutely perfectly. She deserved to win her Group 1, and now she's got that on her resume. And, of course, I thought it was a day where it was more sort of even across the board. It wasn't dominated just by one stable or one jockey. We obviously saw Brenton Abdullah getting his Group 1 win. He hasn't had a Group 1 since Lesquedi Spirit. And good to see John O'Shea and Robbie Dolan all in the win. A circle as well. Yeah, it was a, a really good day, and the track, you know, you might say, oh, I was running too fast. That track is a punter's dream. It was the horses enjoyed running on the track. Yeah. That's why they were running fast time. Thank goodness for the nice weather we had. Yeah, perfect track. Yeah. Okay, well, John O'Shea's back. Brenton Avdala's back. Here's Lions Raw winning the Ramwick Guineas. Yeah, look, and, um, you know, he just parked beautifully, didn't he? He found Aegon's back here, and that's where Dalla must have started to get a little bit confident. I'm travelling, I've got the favourites back. They've gone hard enough up front, and he pounced. So he's always been work in progress. John's looked after him well. He really appreciated getting to a mile second up, and was still sprinting his legs because, you know, we know he got uh, right through, you know, to a good level last preparation in the champion stakes just going down to Montefilia. So he sets himself up for a for a great um, be a great chance in the Rose Hill Guineas. Now here's the talking point. Moanga, how far should he have won by? Look at him here. Um, there was never going to be a run here, so I understand that. Uh, Tommy has to stop. Okay, they're not opening up there. Then he's got to go sideways. And then the problem was, I think when he did, he just dropped his rein there and he had to gather himself back up. 
And boy, he jumped out of the ground there, lady. He, you know, he should have won. He, I'm pretty confident about that. This is a good filly, the third filly. Is, I think she's um, raw, but she look, she's looking... She could even be a derby hope, but an Oaks chance for sure. Yeah, put herself... From that gate, Josh had to put her into the race, and she probably did a little bit too much work and overdid a little, a little bit too much, but... I think, as you said, the talking point has to be Moanga. He's the horse that's on everyone's lips. The way that he finished off that last sort of 50 metres, mm. if he hadn't have dropped his way, would he have won? Um, well, we can just say he should have won. Yeah. We can just say safely say he should have won. That horse, Wheelhouse, who ran fourth, he was the horse that got hot and bothered when he stayed at home last time at Canterbury, at Rose Hill. He was much better yesterday. As you said, he paraded better and he raced... A lot better up in class there. Yes, I thought he was terrific. Any more horses to follow? I thought the Eleonora was pretty good through the line. Yeah, King's, King, uh, King's Legacy didn't have a lot of luck at a vital stage there in the straight. What about Aegon? Um, we have to mark him disappointing. Yeah, I'd say I thought he hadn't changed much in his appearance, but maybe he's a horse that appreciates a bit of cut in the ground. That might bring the best out in him. But it'd be interesting to see what they end up doing if they push on to a Rose Hill Guineas. Yeah. Well, we had a chat to uh, John O'Shea after the race and Brenton Abdullah. That's 29 Group 1 wins for John O'Shea and that's 11 for Brenton. Just an unbelievable... In the run, man, he was just bolting, you know, and a big action down the outside. Brenton was cool as a cucumber, so just very, very special win of a champion. That's pretty, unbelievable. Big. That's pretty big, isn't it? <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. How many group ones have you been associated with those champion colours? They've won a couple. They've won a Hill Guineas and, and now this one. It's so abrasive. It's abrasive, yeah. So, man, that's the way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> this build-up, this slow build-up to start again, which is what you were doing. Yeah, no, um, I just knew that he'd made a lot of improvement from the other day. And uh, we come here a bit concerned about where we're going to be in the run. So, Brenton, to his credit, he said, ah... Oh, Let's go back and get some cover, you know, and I was so happy when he said that because I just didn't want to ruin what we've been doing in, in terms of his preparation. So, man, it's just very exciting. I've got my mum and dad in it, you know, we couldn't sell a share anything, so I said to the old man, you know, this horse has been going all right as a little two-year-old, why don't you take five, ten percent of him, and, you know, mum and dad sitting over in Cairns, we've just had a group one winner. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that helps me with the inheritance, Greg. <laughs> Obviously Sydney's very difficult, especially when you don't have a backing of a stable, but um, look, I've been struggling for the last sort of months trying to get rides and John's kept um, supporting me and John's probably one of the main reasons I sort of went to that next level too in Sydney. I remember him when he was in control of Godolphin and he got me in there and um, next thing I went a premiership and started my ride and got better and uh, now that he's on his own he always said he'd, he'd back me and um, yeah, it's a pretty special ride group I went Okay, let's go and hear from uh, the the place getters, Annabelle Nishan with uh, Mawanga and also uh, Mark Newnham with Harmony Rose. I don't think I'll be able to watch the replay for a while. Um, he just got strung up. You know, you, you normally want to draw inside. Um, but I was looking at the horses sort of in front of him coming off the bridle and he was still travelling and wasn't really anywhere to go. So um, you just Tommy had a good look over his left shoulder and had to just weave his way um, as far left as he could. But... Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? I mean, the winner, congratulations to, to um, John O'Shea's team. That was terrific. But, um, yeah, I think hopefully two weeks' time, the way he was hitting the line, um, Rose Hill Guineas, is, he's going to be spot on for. It was a super effort. And, uh, look, she backed up, you know, what we've thought of her. Um, you know, it's hard to 
take a filly from a you know midweeks benchmark race to a Group One, but uh, look, she showed enough ability through the preparation to warrant that, and confirmed it with a good first up win. Uh, now, hopefully, on to the Vinery Stud Stakes in three weeks' time. Well, for Mark to have a crack at that race, you knew she was going to run well. He's a smart man, and now he can concentrate on a Vinery Stud Stakes. Uh, Amaralina will probably come out duff after the Vinery. Yeah, I'd suggest so. So that to market looks about right. Harmony Rose, it's a big reaction, obviously, with the against the boys yesterday. Montefilia, she, she'll tick along beautifully, and uh, that extra distance is going to suit her, her personal Hungry heart, then it's the rest, you know, it's just the rest. But the, the two at the top of the market look the two. All right, we all call it Savatiano. I think James Cummings likes to uh, twist it a bit. Savatiano. Here is a Group 1 and a more deserved Group 1 you wouldn't find after six cracks at the highest level. Five Group 2 wins, a Group 3 and a listed. Finally cracks it, a set plan after winning the expressway to go to the Canterbury Stakes. Yeah, she did deserve it. Uh, you know, just sets up, set up beautifully well after that uh, expressway win where that didn't take much out of her. She got the soft lead there. Did a bit more work yesterday. And um, she was just uh, too good for him on the line. So, like I said, she deserved that Group 1. Mizzy was much, much better yesterday, third up. That's the old Mizzy. And she would have won in probably one more bound. Okay, I think he's I think he's back this horse, Mars Crusader. He was slow out, and I think you know obviously he met them at the, the 59 there after he won at 53 and a half last time. So I think this could be a really good autumn for him. There's something big for him, I think. So I think if we can trust him a little bit more. Um, of the others, I think Bivouac, he missed, he just ran at the start and then he seemed to, too fresh. He wanted to bolt mid-race there. Yeah, over-raced. He just, he gave him a dig when he missed the start and he just got over-racing and it was just to put a pen through him and go back to the drawing board, I think. Um, Victorum, he pulled up pretty ordinary as well. He had um, cardiac arrhythmia, so back to the drawing board with him, but echo everything that Ronnie says about Savatiana. I thought she was excellent and I thought the effort to get her there in that type of shape where the plan was really good. Well, I thought going <laughs> into that race, and I, I thought during the week, I, James will probably scratch Sabatiano. You know, he'll wait for her, uh, hopefully get a drop of rain and run her in the Coolmore Classic the following week. But he thinks it out. He said, oh, I don't know about her at the 1500. So he, he sprung her into action there, and he, it was just a great piece of placement, as it turns out. Yeah, best, uh, best bit of placement. It's certainly horse that we've been following all the way through. And here is an elated James Cummings and Hugh Bowman. A great effort from Sabatiano. She's had a. Just the perfect preparation for this race, and uh, and she was the I think the deserving winner. Uh, we we tossed and turned about whether or not to run her against the Colt, which is a which is a point we just made during the week, and said, look, if uh, if he gets a couple things wrong up to 1300, and 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 he's there to be vulnerable, then we might as well have the horse to come along and beat him. And uh, and and she's she's got a deserving Group One. I mean, she's won over two million prize money without winning a Group One so far. Maybe outside of Classic Legend, there might not be. Too many other horses in the world that have done that, and uh, and she's look, she's she's got it. Um, Hugh made it, really made her do it. He made a bit of a race of it before the turn, but um, uh, she held off a late challenger, and you know, I, I, I'd say uh, I'd say she demonstrated all the Group One courage that she's uh, that, that she's had for a long time now. She was primed for the day. Uh, she certainly raced well at Rose Hill last start, and James has, and the team have been very patient with her from that good performance and. It was a high-quality race today, and she's been knocking on the door. She's a multiple Group 2 winner, but to come here, and I mean, that's her optimum distance. Sevens, you know, 1400s is OK, 
1,200 metres at this level is just too sharp for her, but she's come here, you know, in a race at an optimum distance, and she's um, now a Group 1 winning mare, so she'll be very valuable for the Godolphin outfit. And James beats Dad. Anthony Cummings almost pulled off another big price Group 1 win with Mizzy. She went really well. Um, you know, we'd been thinking that she was well and truly back. Her work had been very good. Uh, I'd actually said to the owners that they should have something on it today. I thought she'd be hard to beat. Uh, the uh, last time we were in a race like this, uh, she was a three-year-old. We got beaten 101 um, in the Ming Dynasty. So, you know, long odds, she's been effective. Um, she's just a very good race mare. She's back in form now. Uh, she goes to the Coolmore next week, and I'm, I'm sure she'll make her presence felt again. OK, and just going back to uh, the three-year-old Phillies division, uh, Amaralina goes round today in New Zealand in the Sunline Vars, and the New Zealand Derby is on today. They're going to be important races for our championships coming up on April 3 and April 10. Now, the Newcastle Connection just kept it going up there at Newcastle. Duff winning the new market with Gem Song. Chris Lee's an Australian bloodstock. Yeah, what a training performance. Like, he'd had 18 months off and gone through injury, and I think they may have gelded him, and... And to, to get him, he ran well first up, and to pick him up after such a long break second up, I thought it was a magnificent training performance by Chris. And I think Chris and Australian Bloodstock have won this race the last three years. So a feather in their cap. I thought Patiga was very brave on the worst part of the track. Um, it might be his preparation as well. He had no luck last prep and starts off and gets beat first up. But um, I think he's going well. All right. Let's have a look at Gem Song, and when we come back, that soul-stirring struggle with Eduardo and Nature Strip in the Challenge Stakes. Purple sector called upon by Bowman. Back to the inside, Bottega. Cascadian tracks it through. Asiago runs on, and then Gem Song. Outrageous at the 2.25, joined by Bottega. Purple sector whacking away, Cascadian, and then follow Gem Song. 100 to go, Bottega's in front. Cascadian, Gem Song are trying hard. Gem Song's coming after Bottega. They go to the line, Bottega, and Gem Song, they hit it photo. Third in Cascadian, Maui Girl fourth, then followed by Purple Sector, Texas Storm, Asiago, trophies galore, outrageous, has dropped right now. This is one to remember. Nature Strip and Eduardo. Nature Strip uh, started betting at about $1.45 and everyone just tried to get him right out and he got out to even money. Eduardo was uh, first up and have a look at this. What a tussle. Yeah, what a contest it was. You know, uh, uh, you know, you could say you could... He's, we kicked the, put the boot into Nature Strip a lot. But you, you just face it, he's broke, he's broke the track record in his own right here, doing work from out wide. Eduardo was so, so brave. He's the master of the tried horse Joe Pride. He just gets these tried horses and gets them going so, so well. This is, I know he had him last prep, but he got him mid-prep and he spelled him, brought him back his way. He's relaxed beautifully at the trials. And boy, did he show some fight there. He's a courageous horse. I know he's a seven-year-old and we'll probably learn more about him next time in the oh, what's going to be a great galaxy. Um, look, take nothing away from uh, Nature Strip. He's run to his best there. This is, you know, this is Red Zell's track record. And you don't take half a second off them. It's not as if they were breaking track records all day. We were having day. a joke about it saying yourself and Munzee, yeah. we were saying what time they would we were run. We having a little bet in our own, <laughs> in the corner and there. And you were saying it was it was only sort of milliseconds you were taking off, not <laughs> half a second. That's right. <laughs> so to, to break it by half a second was just unbelievable performance. 
She's a ripper, fill, I mean, Bella Vella. She's done a great job. Uh, Written Beauty, the, the well-backed runner, maybe all a bit too soon at that level. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, she doesn't... That's well reported that she's a bit of a hothead at home. It's also well reported that she doesn't sort of parade well. And I think at that level, you've got to be, you know, on your A game and be really confident. And she did look better yesterday, but probably not... You know, not what we're expecting of that type of company. And those, the are, those are, those, you're right. Those are hard heads. Mm. You look at Eduardo and you look at Nature Strip, and they've had. That's not their first rodeo. They've had a few tussles, haven't they? Mm. And she just needs a bit of seasoning, and I think that will happen the more racing that she gets, and that will, you know, that will be, that will either bring her on, and make her as a horse next season, or it will, you know, you know, she's going to stay where she is. Yeah. Well, I thought it was a very exciting race, and after speaking to Nafri Willer, he made a bit of a salute afterwards, and uh, he was a little bit uh, sort of perturbed that he got across the line. Joe Pride and Nafri Willer had a chat to us. When he got headed, I said to Brave, he'll fight, you know, and you could see he was in for the, in for the battle, but um, it was an amazing performance. They've, they've carved up the track record, and that's the second time I've done that. The Lightning Ridge, when she broke the track record, he's winning the challenge. So, um, oh, he deserves all the accolades. His horse, great work from the team at home. Um, Absolutely pumped. Amazing. He's been a different horse to work with and, and full credit to Michelle Reed who rides him in his track work and, and, and all of my team, but just getting this horse to, to switch off and, you know, after he ran that race in the, um, in the Everest, which I kind of want to forget about, and it wasn't the horse's fault, you know, he's not a hard-going horse. Everybody sort of had this, you know, he had this reputation as being, you know, some mad bolting horse, and he's not. He's a relaxed customer. Um, you saw that today, and he's beaten, you know, on his day, probably the best horse in, a, in Australia over a sprint trip. It's going to be hard to beat in that galaxy. It's tough as nails, a little horse, and um, full credit to, to um, Joe. He's done an amazing job with him since he's got him, and, um, you know, to set him for a first-up first assessment like, like this was, and... Um, you know, it was funny. He left, left me with no instructions. Just left, the, left it to me, and the horse jumped well. And um, it was important that he got into a lovely rhythm. And you can sort of there's ten leaders in the race, and I just thought, you know, if we keep our options open, we might end up sort of getting across a lot easier than we think. So it's probably uh, looking at the photo a little bit um, ambitious going for the salute, but uh, you just you could tell at the hundred he was going to get there. Yes, there's the salute from Nashua Willow, but he did get there. Uh, it was worth it. Now, the Galaxy, two weeks away. This is a if race. If they line up. This is a race, isn't it? Um, the three-year-old wild ruler, where the Snowdens have done this with three-year-olds at the end of this race before, Russian Revolution. I think there's been one, one or two others that have run well. She looks to be airborne, Hordbury on her. Well, we know he's airborne, Eduardo, breaking track records. Libertini, out of sight, out of mind. Uh, has she looked at the trials? Yep, she's looked okay. Uh, she takes a bit of time just to get there. Dirty work. Um, well, that form stacks up. Mm -hmm. Farnan, we talk about out of sight, out of mind. He's yeah. had a couple of trials. And he's been aimed at this race first up as well. Probably written beauty. Mm, I'd, I'd be happy to sort of Come go against her. Yeah, yeah, go back against her at, at this stage. But yeah. um, And there we go. Uh, similar here with this... Uh, TJ Smith, we've got a really good bunch of sprinters around at the moment, and um, even bunch. There's no real clear-cut leader, so something could put their hand up in the galaxy, and something may put their hand up um, in the next couple of weeks leading into this April 3 race. I saw, I think this time last year, Nature Strip was $2 for the Everest. I saw yesterday, I had a, just having a quick look through, and I saw it was $15 for the Everest at this stage. Ah, as soon as he gets out in the market, that's when he's the, at his most dangerous. <laughs>
All right, here's uh, for the first time ever, we've got someone on the show called Barack. And this is Barack Rodwell, the part owner of Eduardo. It's unbelievable. Been here a few times and uh, come away second best or no result, but to come, come here and get a win is incredible. The prize money's one thing and the joy of it, it broke the track record by half a second. That's amazing over a thousand. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. We knew it was fast today, but for him to come out and, and ride like that, Nash did an unbelievable job. Um, yeah, very special. We interviewed Jay Pride at Warwick Farm on Wednesday and he was very bullish about the horse's chances. What was he telling you guys? Oh, look, he just said he's come back better than before. Last prep, obviously, was very good. And he just said, look, he's come back better. And, you know, we'll just see what he does on Saturday. And, look, he's come out today and Jay's done a great job with him. And, you know, unbelievable effort. And, of course, I think we can expect some Victorians to arrive as well. Yesterday was the new market and it was won by Zatori. Yeah, who would have thought... Um... Barriers one, three, and four, and there was four horses on the inside that stayed on the inside. They run one, two, three, and we're, we're all looking for horses drawn wide in this new market. So, Zatori, um, he loves the straight. He's been given a good ride by a confident uh, uh, Luke Curry there. Indian Pacific, the Perth uh, Sprinters, you should always respect. Azustar Quinella there, and the three year olds behind them there, Amos Boy, Prague was very good down the outside fence. She had a frustrating day, Annabelle. Uh, but her first group one runners though. Yeah, and so. uh, you could make excuses. <laughs> she could have nearly had two winners there. So uh, September run got into a sticky spot, but you'd have to say that she was disappointing considering, you know, she just looked a certainty in the race. Where the winners came from. Yeah. Okay, when we come back, we'll have a look at the two-year-old picture. What do Ronnie and Lizzie think of the Golden Slipper now after the Todman and the Riesling? Two Golden Slipper lead-ups yesterday, the Todman and the Riesling. Animo came back from a great placing in the Blue Diamond to outmuscle them yesterday. Duff, you were very keen on him. He was your best bet. And he gets up to beat Profiteer, who stays favourite in the slipper. Yeah, I can understand. You can make cases for all these horses have been really legitimate, um, you know, golden slipper chances. I've been enamoured with him all the way through, Animo. And he, look, I must say, it was a brilliant ride. An absolute precision from um, Rachel. Uh, just balanced him, coached him through a gap and just let him finish off. I, I, I still think he's got more to offer, actually. And um, with a fast run, you know, fast run Golden Slippers, which we're anticipating, he's going to be uh, terrific uh, at the end of that race. In saying that, uh, Profiteer, just too keen. He was very, very good. And uh, the, the, the slipper door is not closed for him by any stretch of the imagination. Likewise, Home Affairs, who battled on very, very well. Looks more a 1,400 metre type, but uh, that's what you might need to win a slipper like this. Stay inside, well, Ooh. legitimate excuses. Uh, there's no doubt about uh, he had excuses to stay inside and um, never really got balanced to finish off. So the slipper's wide, wide open. Um, Still wide open, even though no, you're even, enamoured by e him. Even more so. And it opens up with Animo winning that. Uh, so that opens up uh, a so Taurus. So who are you most enamoured with? Well, I'm, I'm not going to jump off the winner because I still think he'll be the... Uh, everyone will say, oh, he was lucky to win that race. 
And I still think he's got more to offer that horse. So What's this in Abbott business? Isn't that Lizzie's word? Well, it's just it's it's the it's the word of the year. Everyone's using it now. Yeah. Are they? Yes. Everyone's using it. Even Ronnie right. has now well, come I'm over. Well, it's driving me mad. It. Everyone's saying the word. You know. Are they? They, yeah. they think it's their own word. You know, like. Well, who, who, who made it up? I know, you made the word up. <laughs> yeah, it never existed until Lizzie uttered it. <laughs> well, we've um, but. He's now sort of taken to saying the word enamoured, and I think we can safely say he's enamoured with Animo. Yes. And anyone else? Well, Arcadia Queen. Oh, two-year-olds, <laughs> She's Ronnie. proven right. <laughs> I, think, I think when you have a look at these two-year-olds at this stage, I would say that they're, yesterday, I wouldn't say the Golden Slipper winner came out of those ra that race yesterday. Well, that's a brave call. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying you said before the race that it, you think that the Golden Slipper winner could come out of that race, should, will probably come out of this race. It, well, it's I would say that it has confirmed that they're very good horses, yeah. but there's still a lot more to the picture. Yep. I'll tell you what else I'm enamoured with, the filly. Everyone's saying they have yeah. the fillies. Yes, yeah, I can't shit. keep a straight face when you say that <laughs> word. <laughs> anyway, okay, on to I won't say that more pressing matters. <laughs> Rachel King and James Cummings spoke to Greta and I after the race. Uh, this was a classy colt, there's no doubt about that. And look, we uh, barely breathed on the horse since he got back from Melbourne and to um, just absorb a little bit of that pressure and slide up underneath him and attack the line so strongly. He's got golden slipper written all over him and uh, and that's, uh, that's got to absorb most of our attention in the next couple of weeks with him, that's, that's for sure. He feels enormous, um, even just camping to the gates, you know, he, he's just got that real sort of sense of class about him. He's definitely, a, you know, a level above them and um, I haven't sat on a horse like that for <laughs> quite a while and, yeah, he gave me a super feel before the race and even better one in the run. Yeah, look, it ended up sort of being able to nicely work up the fence there and just sort of creep a little bit of ground without using him too much. and. He, he still sort of had a little bit of a wander around when he actually hit the front. Um, he's still learning in that way. He's a little bit immature sort of mentally. So, but it's exciting, you know, he's got that little bit of improvement to come. And the Richard and Michael Friedman stable continued on. They've got another one into the slipper. They've got Stay Inside there, the cult. Now they've got a filly in glistening and a big reward for John Van Overmeer. Yeah, it certainly was for his hard work. He's, you know, he's had a lot of injuries throughout his career, John, and... Uh, given the opportunities by Friedman and he's um, he's really just rated this filly beautifully in front who took great uh, improvement out of the lead up Opal preview um, and you know, she, she had a nice relaxing time up front sprinted and was very good obviously they didn't run anywhere near the time of the Colts um, there's plenty to talk about here um, I think that this the main talking point is the this filly trifacia I think um, she could be something special when she learns what it's all about. Um, that's twice she's sort of wanted over race back in the field and then she's finished off in races there where she probably shouldn't have finished off in. Um, Swift, I should have mentioned Swift Witness who was excellent there. She just misses out on that slipper run now with not enough prize money. Uh, the Pretty Woman, how do we know what, what, what would have happened with her? She just never saw daylight at any stage of that race. So, I am a huge fan of Trifacia, Trifacia there. I know you found her in the yard mm. as well, but she's just not mentally there. She wants to do a few things wrong. Yeah, interesting.
interesting a couple of these trainers yesterday taking their horses through the midweeks and then putting them into these you know group races you saw that with Mike Newman earlier on in the day and James Cummings and they're a master at doing that they almost give them a nice easy time and then mm. step them up into something a bit tougher when they're ready for it but I again look I thought the winner was good she's a workman type of horse she puts herself up on speed she you know sort of really um she was tough at the end of her races but I've I think the class factor has to be the third filly coming from back off the pace there wasn't sort of she wasn't put into the race she was trying to settle and then hitting the line strongly and of course um, Matt Dale's filly as well pretty mm. woman she had no luck whatsoever yeah. and Lizzie uh, James McDonald was in the stewards room for a long time there yesterday over both his rides in the two-year-old features uh, he was in there first of all I know that they were running different order, but it, they called him in first of all for Trifaccia and then they doubled back and came back and looked at him and, and went through every movement he made on Trifaccia and then stay inside. But in the end, if you read all the stuff that was written in the stewards report, they found what he did on both horses not unreasonable. Yeah, I thought he would have wanted a beanbag in there for a while there. He yeah. was in there for that He was in lock. there for hours. I know. So, anyway. They, they quizzed him. It's that time of year where they they keep everyone on the toes, the stewards. Not, not that they're on every other yeah. month of the year, but... But they were asking questions because people have backed both of those of two course. horses. And they want to know what the instructions were and why, why he rode you know, sort of um, negatively. But they all had reasons. Stay mm. inside drew a wide gate, he had to go back, otherwise it was going to, you know, completely stuff him for later on. And you have to read those types of play, don't you, when yeah. you're looking at... When they draw wide, what's the point in suling them forward? And, try, you know, nine times out of ten, you're not going to get a spot in these races. So you've got to ride them patiently and you've got to give them every opportunity to hit the line strongly. And both of them did. Yep. No, no, and no. Hugh, Hugh Bowman was in there for a long time in the stewards room with Marrigan in the first race. Yep. saying that the stewards advised him in the early and middle stages he should have made more of an effort to restrain his mouth, but in the end, once again, what he did wasn't unreasonable. So he was in there for uh, an extra long period of time as well. And that's what was the theme of the day in that stewards room. Um, let's hear from the Freedmans and this man, John Van Overmeer, who has done it tough with injury, and it's great to see him ride a feature winner. I'm really thrilled for John. You know, he's... Um he works so hard with us and you know, travels all over New South Wales to pick up rides and um, he gave this filly a great ride in Canberra so we left him on and same with Prime Star later in the day. So you know, I'm, I'm thrilled for him and thrilled for a, a new bunch of owners, James Aaron and I have sort of done a fillies partnership together yep. and uh, this is the first filly out of that partnership so to have a, a group winner out of that is a big thrill. A big appreciation goes to the Freedom Brothers, they, um, they, they really support me and they, they um, give me opportunities as we, as we can see here and I'm just very, very grateful. I mean, I thought she ran very well at Canberra, she, um, she was only going to improve from the run, especially today coming over the 1200, she was still going to finish hard and um, I like her and I think she's still got a lot of improvement in her. Okay, before we look at the overall slipper picture with the market, let's hear from Adrian Bott with Swift Witness. Uh, can she get into the slipper? And also, the final word goes to Mick Price on what he thought of Profiteer. She's probably borderline there on the order of entry. Uh, the plan was you know, to come here today and if she was able to win, we'd like to see her take her place. Uh, obviously, she ran a very good race, um, you know, close to winning. She just you know, stride stride slow into uh, in, into the race and you know, a few pairs back further than we would have anticipated but you know from there she still ran really well uh, you know so if she can get a run there was improvement to come out of today and be right on, on path for a slip if she can get a run. 
I thought it was all right. Um, I, I obviously, you want to win every time I put a saddle on. And, um, you know, it's a bit disappointing when they're even money and they get beat. But, uh, you know, I was fairly um, open about using this run to get him into the slipper properly rather than uh, have him at his top every single run. And he was four weeks between runs with 10 days off. You know, we was fairly transparent about that. Huey said that he felt him soften the last 100 metres, but I thought that Huey got the sectionals correct. I thought they were, um, you know, 33, 89 out and uh, 34 and a half home, uh, you know, uh, or the other way around. But I, I thought they were OK, you know. I just thought he was um, probably just a bit vulnerable at the end of 1,200 metres with four weeks between runs. And Capitalists did get beat in the same situation. Yes, Capitalists did, and so did Sepoy. Uh, nine out of the last ten slipper winners have been seen on that day in either the Todman or the Riesling and not necessarily winning. I think uh, the other one was feeling ready. He was beaten and went on to win a slipper. So what do you think? Yeah, what do you think? I thought what Mick said was absolutely 100% correct about Profiteer. He looked a lot bigger than when I saw him in the English Millennium and I completely agree with the fact that he's going to be peaking on the right day. So that's something that punters should definitely take note of because he's he's been primed to perfection. My only concern with him is that whether he's going to settle. Yeah, This is high pressure time. You know, you see trainers coming into a golden slipper, they've, they've just sold part of their horses to stud deals, they've, they've, it's on their recommendations, they're under a lot of pressure. You look up at the theatre of the horse before that Todman stakes yesterday, you see the Coolmores, the, you know, the, the Godolphins, the Newgates, the, the Arrowfields, they're all standing there. There's only going to be one winner. There's going to be a lot of disappointed, uh, big connections going home. But it wasn't the moment. I think they still left the course giving themselves some chance of winning this slipper uh, as far as, although uh, Remark probably has to go to a paddock now. He's had that setback, yeah, but he'll keep for another day. I think they did uh, mention that he was going to go to the paddock, so okay. we'll see him big, back bigger and better next time around. Okay. Still two weeks of talk before the Golden Slipper. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Wild Ruler winning the opener, the Fireball. Welcome back. Have I told you where I am yet? Or would you like to have a guess, Ronnie? Do you know where I am? Are you at Canamble? Not yet. No, oh, that's next well, week. Well, I'm looking forward to that one. I know no, where he sure. is. Surely you'd know if I was at Canamble. Well, oh, I'm yeah. just wondering where his guitar is. That's where he should be, isn't <laughs> that's it? That's right. Tamworth. Yes. That's right. Big day. Harley will be here singing the best of Slim Dusty a little bit <laughs> later on. Now, the Flies will be at Canamble next week. Okay. Um, by the way, there are two, f uh, four, six out of the uh, main race today, the Country Championship qualifier, so we've got a capacity field of uh, 14 to run. There was 14 plus six emergencies drawn, so I've got a capacity field, and that's later today at 4.45. Big coverage coming up here on Sky Thoroughbred Central. What about the return of Wild Ruler yesterday. Yeah, he's come of age, I think. he come of age in the spring with three great runs. He's been well handled leading into this first up run and uh, starts an odds-on favourite and job done. So he'll head to the Galaxy now with a lot of confidence being a three-year-old that'll get in light and at the top of his game. Good win. Uh, he's still got more to offer. Um, I'm the third horse here, Andermatt, I think. He just... Uh, Second up after being a little big first up, so I'd be a little forgiving for him and a much better run on a drier track there from uh, on the lead. But uh, 
No, he, he'll go forward to the Galaxy now. He's, 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 he's mentally right and he's doing everything right in his races. Absolutely. They've done a lot of work yeah. for him. I've seen him at the trial. He's a bit of a hothead early on as yeah, a two-year-old. I've, I've seen him at, at Canterbury. His trial wasn't until um, sort of, you know, towards the 10 o'clock and he was there before the first trial and they've put in a lot of work. They're great with these project horses where they can get them settled and, you know, get them thinking correctly and doing everything right. And it's so important. You can see that in his races as well. I actually think that race is going to be a really good form race mm. out of uh, yesterday. They just, even Tommy Gold, he hit the line quite strongly, quick sectionals, even horses in behind them. Uh, Doubtland will improve from the run. So there's sort of plenty of improvement from those horses if, if placed right going forward. Yep. We had a chat to Paul Snowden after the race and uh, had also a chat to James McDonald. A little bit uh, sort of too soon for him probably. He wasn't really ready to sort of do what he did, but he still did things that um, probably exceeded expectations, I suppose, to a degree. But he was always going to turn into a lovely horse. He just needed a little bit of time on his side, which we've, we've met that now. And uh, now the benefits of um, a couple of nice trials, we brought him here uh, two weeks ago, Wednesday, give him a nice gallop in between races. Um, just those little things to just um, help, help relax in the mind and uh, that'll take him a long way. Have you thought about an ultimate goal? Oh, look, it's always been second up in the galaxy. Um, he drops some sort of anywhere between sort of eight to nine kilos in weight and uh, look, he can handle all, all conditions, wet or dry, so we're hoping um, that'll come to uh, fruition. Yeah, he's the real deal now. He's, uh, he's just matured so much. He's... He's a pleasure to do anything with now. Um, he's just relaxing well. He's got an amazing turn of foot. But just physically, he's just improved out of sight. And the Snowdens have been very patient with him, put him in the right races, and he, he's going to reward them with um, great riches. Let's go to the staying race of the day at the Renwick City Stakes. Pretty easy watch for Mount Popper fans here. Yeah, I think everything went to what we thought was the script there, and he was always in control in a stalking position. And once Sacramento poured the pressure on and he kept, he, he didn't get him off the bit, you knew he was fine. Uh, look, he's a nice horse, he's on his way and we'll learn more when he takes the next step, um, probably next start. So like him a lot, Sacramento holding his condition and, and racing really well. Maybe it's right, right for him to step up in distance now. It was amazing to hear Tommy speak afterwards and say that they rode Mount Popper so that Sacramento didn't eyeball him, so he mm. had one. He ambushed oh, him late. That's oh. how much respect everyone has for Sacramento. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the worst thing you can do is amble up to him and, and hold your horse together because it gives him a, the, the fighting tiger in him. Sacramento, you you got to get to him and put half a length in him very very quickly to put him away. So that's what he did yesterday. I really like that. I, I'm really interested, I should say, in that third horse collide. I, I, I think he could well be a Sydney Cup horse. Another one. We'll learn more next time as the, we get closer to these lead-ups to the Sydney Cup, which is going to be, uh, a, on paper, a good little race. Michael Hawkes and Tommy Berry caught up with Greg and I after the race. Just let him get to the top of the rise and he accelerated well. He's obviously come through his, uh, his first up run in brilliant style and he's still a work in progress. Oh, look, a lot of these Europeans, uh, you know, they just need a few preps under their belt, but this bloke, he's always had the ability. Uh, first up was a great effort. He's got beat a, a bob of the head over a mile here, and obviously we just freshened him up and took our time with him, and the distance and the journey suited him down to the ground today, but he's relaxing all the time. But he's, only, he's still a work in progress. He's got a, a lot of upside. Uh, like most of our European horses that we acquire, we always give them small preps, and 
Uh, it's not where you start, it's where you finish, but this bloke, he's got a lot in store. You know, the Hawks team uh, followed the same path as they did last preparation, and we saw he was very much above himself in the yard the other day and went keen in the run, but he had the earmuffs on today for the parade and he was a lot better and um, relaxed heaps, heaps nicer in the run with a bit of, bit of speed in the race. And um, I was just very mindful to not get to Sam too early on Sac Sacramento because every time someone gets to him at the top of the straight, they come off second best. So I thought if I can get him at the 200 with my turn of foot, he'd win him the race. Uh, Lizzie found this one in the yard at a good price, Volpine. And it is a good result for Brad Widdup and Robbie Dolan. Yeah, a very good tip, I must say, because uh, she'd been up for a while, um, Volpine, and she, you know, she uh, straight to the front yesterday, and she's just obviously loving her racing at the moment, Volpine. Yep, she loves her racing. <laughs> Does she she's ever. going well. She's um, going from strength to strength when you're having a look at horses, especially mares, and you see how. Uh, sort of how far they come in one preparation. She's just the, the perfect example. She's absolutely flying. She's like a Savatiano. They just have a vintage year, and this is what hers is. And I can't see her. If she, she puts herself in a race and she finds the line strongly. Yeah. It's not as if they give her a picnic up front either. So she did it both ends. Seasons was great. First up again. No excuses for Eminate, considering her price and where she's sitting in the run there. Maybe a little softer track would be the, uh, the go with her. Another nice run from Jen Rules Fresh, which she does. The other favourite, I thought, had far too much to do. Uh, Fiesta, negative, wide draw, too much to do. She's the horse to follow. She, she went well. Went really well. Yeah. Robbie Doland and Brad Widdup spoke to Greg and I afterwards. Come a long way in a short prep and a winner group three uh, against a good bunch of mares is a fantastic effort. It's just it's very tough. The nine front in. Um, you know, I was thinking about putting her out, but I have to have a think about it now. <laughs> You've got to. Yeah. You've got to. Is there a race that, uh, I don't know, the birthday card or something like that coming up? It's it's there, but I, I've got a couple of mares at home. I'm aiming for that as well. So, anyway, we'll have a good think about it. And she's done a great job. Done a very good job. She's just grown a leg her last couple of runs. She's always been going well, but she's really taken the next step. We've figured out how to ride her properly. Um, she flew the gates today. There was nothing going to cross me. Switched off in the middle stages and she let down probably as well as she done the other day. And if you have a look at my post-race comments from the other day, I couldn't believe we got beat. She let down that well, but she's flying. Credit to Brad and his team, and they really have it going really well. And uh, great for Benny Fasalo as well. He put me on some of my first ever city winners, so that's why it was a little bit of a celebration there. But delighted. Okay, now to the goodness gracious me moment of the day. The last. The get out, Missy Beale. Good luck to those who are on it. It's 70 to 1. Yeah, look, she, they, we all knew there was no speed in this race, so she seized her opportunity. Fit Hadn't won for a year. Um, maybe slip a day last year, actually. So just got the race to, to suit. She gets the bobbin on the line there. Her stablemate is an up-and-coming stayer. She can add her to that that improving into the Sydney Cup lead-ups here. She's ideal. She just needed more pressure up front. Nice second up run there. Had a chance, rock o'clock. Can't say much about the others. They, uh, Yeah, I think Polly Gray might need a wet track, but a funnily run race and hard to read the form. Well, Greg said it was a goodness gracious me moment after the race, and I think Bjorn Baker can echo his thoughts. I must say, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Uh, Missy Bill's owners, great bunch of people and very special to me. George Caruza's colours, uh, my lawyer, Brendan Cook, Keith Farrell, a lot of my best mates. And likewise, she's ideal. Uh, Nutty and the team have been so special to me. So 
I'll tell you what, she wasn't a 61 chance. I don't know who's framing the markets, but I had two bets. I didn't get the Quinella, but um, like she's already a Group 3 winner. That puts her ahead of most of these horses. No weight. She had to do a lot of work, and obviously she's ideal is only going to get better the further she goes. But what a great country. What a great day. <laughs> I love Renwick. Obviously she's been a, a good mare for the Baker Stables throughout her career, and it's a good reward for her. You know, Her runs have been OK without being flattering, and just means she's developed a habit of not getting out of the gate. So... We're quite aggressive on her early to get her out and get her on top of a race where it looked like devoid of speed and it was pretty uh, moderately run throughout so I pressed the button before the bend and look she was game enough to hold on. OK, let's go to uh, Matty Hill's call of the Australian Cup. It was a, a tight, a very emotional finish here with Holmesman. In platoon, it's best of days and parody from Homesman and then Chapada at the clock tower. Best of days just in front of parody. Homesman still coming then to Fibrillate. Homesman moves up to best of days at the hundred. Best of days and Homesman. Best of days and Homesman. Homesman with the music man cheering above and also best of days a photo. Yeah, obviously a popular result with Michael Gadinsky uh, being a part owner of that horse and um, sadly lost during the week. And obviously um, uh, they're missing there in Melbourne because he's a very popular man and a popular win. No excuses for the beaten brigade. He sat three deep. I know they didn't go hard. Jeez, uh, uh, um, that race, I'm, I'm worried about the Australian Cup. That was very weak. You know, I think two lengths covered the first ten. And uh, so... It, it tells you something. I thought there was an unlucky running there. Miami bound down the outside there late. Um, maybe we might see her in one of these Sydney Cup lead-ups as well. But all in all, bunch finish and a, a very popular result. Do you reckon Nick Williams will bring him up and tackle something at the Provincials up here, Ronnie? Well, he might do. He's uh, still early in his game, so he might mm -hmm. take uh, you know on that second division of the Sydney Cup or something like that. I don't know. Look forward to seeing Nick up here. I hope they bring some uh, horses up for the championships. Yeah. Let's take a break, and when we come back, all things provincial and country. Speaking of provincial... the straight now, 400 metres to run Jamara led, Diva Bella the inside, Oakfield Hiawatha from the back, La Jolie Fee, Grace Bay, Saquana made to the outside, they're everywhere 200 metres to go, Jamara the leader La Jolie Fee, Grace Bay Diva Bella the inside 100 to go, it's Jamara staving off a wall Jamara, Jamara's done it all in one Photos for the minor placings. Diva Bella, Grace Bay, dreaming of gold rump shaker. They're all there. Very, very confident that um, that she'd run well. We, we, we probably wanted to run her at Newcastle on the softer track for the uh, the original heat, but uh, Diana wanted to come here, so it's, um, it's worked out OK for him. She had to do a fair bit of work from the wide barrier when she got there. She got into such a beautiful rhythm. She was so good and determined late. She just keeps fighting every time she hears them. They were coming from you left, right and centre. Did you think she'd find something to get herself over the line? At the furlong, I thought we were, it was going to be a much closer race than what it was, but late, she was just so good, so dominant and late. She just keeps fighting so well. You know, both the girls, they were really well going into this run and... I was a bit concerned because they hadn't actually raced on the home track and, you know, without a float trip, they can tend to sweat up and, um, you know, lose it a little bit. But they both handled it um, exceptionally well and 
from both barriers, Adrian and Chad just got them in the most perfect spot you could dream of. And I thought in the run, I thought, well, they've had every chance. Grace got flushed out a little early, um, but she was just travelling. I was, I was concerned she wouldn't run a strong 14, but she did. And um, David is stuck on so well, and she's got a lot of improvement in her going into the final. Gee, we've watched uh, that girl's career very closely at Sky because uh, Claire's grandfather is our great mate, Paul Embrasoli. What a moment for her. Uh, she's only been training a short period of time, being an ex-jockey, uh, married to Chad Lever, and now she's got two horses into the final at a first attempt. Amazing. Gosford, the 1,200-metre heat next week, an important heat. A lot of trainers like targeting that shorter distance. We've got Kembler and then Wyong and then on to the final, which is day two of the championships, April 10. Uh, here is the market, the all-in final, and Pandano, who was so impressive at Newcastle, is the $6 favourite. Where are the others? Where are the other queues? No respect there. No, none at all. Um, country championships. We've got three to go. Big weekend for you and I next week, Ronnie. Yep, we'll have to leave Co early. Coonamble. Straight after the last. Yeah, it's a long drive. It's about a bit over six. We've got podcasts to listen to. Bit of Slim Dusty. <laughs> Hunter Northwest here today. Then the Western at Coonamble and the Wildcard. Gee, how important is that Wildcard card going to be this year? Yeah, uh, Art Cadet, the favourite. Legwork, Tara Jasmine, another one. Charmy Baby. Now we get to Bailey's. Now, Tara Jasmine and Bailey's on that first page. Let's have a look at a couple of replays here. Firstly, Bailey's, a tick over race, it would seem, but went close, runs second at Eagle Farm. Sonia, she's a boss, coming home strongly down the outside, Enterprise Prince in front, on the outside she's a boss, trying to get on terms, and then came Bailey's Enterprise Prince in front she's a boss though, goes to it now she's a boss, takes an arrow lead, Enterprise Prince fighting on, she's a boss just in front, and beat Enterprise Prince Bailey's in a car game, it was a busy finish. And let's have a look at Tara Jasmine at Eagle Farm, had to carry a bit of weight yesterday, ran third. Tara Jasmine being called upon, then Boomeranger, where's back when, back of the ruck making heavy weather Jimmy Bird happy to ride hands and heels with Georgie's pride. They're down below the 200 metres. It's nicely clear. Tara Jasmine now starts to eat into the margin, but it's Georgie's pride in front. Georgie's pride going great guns and the favourite all the way. Beat home back when who flew for second. Third Tara Jasmine, fourth Bold and Lucy. Here is the market for today's Hunter and Northwest uh, qualifier. Of course, we've had two horses to come out of this area to go on and win the final. Art Lee and also Clearly Innocent. Pure Fuego, Iger, Ronan's Rock, Depth That Varies and Spiranak. Spiranak, the uh, horse named after the American golfer. So she'll be tuned in today. And this is also the area that's produced the two Group 1 winners that have come out of Country Championships past. Voodoo Ladder went round in the inaugural Country Championships and he went on to win a winner bottom. And, of course, Clearly Innocent went on to win a Kingsford Smith. Gary Harley likes them this way. He'll be here, part of a big team. Big team here today. Gavin Carmody, Chantel Buckley, Gary Harley. He likes Spiranak. Pure Fuego, depth that varies in Iger. 11, 15, 6 and 5. So that is a wrap-up of the provincial and country championships to end the show. Uh, we've got Coolmore Classic Day next week, guys.
Yeah, looking forward to it. And it should be a big day today. Obviously, we've got the Black Opal meeting at Canberra as well, so plenty to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Yep, and the New Zealand races as well. Of course. Uh, with the Derby and the Sunline Vars. So... Stuck to the TV, Ronnie, today. Oh. Poor Cheryl. She'll be fine. Couldn't get a, She's got couldn't get a reservation. <laughs> uh, an early one, yeah. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Liz. Thanks. And we'll be back next Sunday morning for another edition of Thoroughbred Weekly. Stay tuned. Later today, uh, back here at Tamworth, alongside Black Opal Day on Sky Thoroughbred Central.